Yes, lovely people. What's crackerlacking? Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. Absolutely fantastic. Now, before we get started, I want you to know about a couple of companies that helped me out with this show. First up, 33 Fuel. They produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. You can get 10% off your first order by going to Mat 10. So what do these guys do? They do protein powders. They do chia seed energy gels. So just chia seed, coconut sugar, and you add water when you're running or cycling or whatever you're doing. They just produced a new protein bar. They just produced a new energy bar. I use their daily greens. So I might just put a tablespoon of that in my morning shake. And yeah, Erica, Warren and James, they're fantastic people. I really like working with them. All of their products are plant-based and they're gluten-free and dairy-free. The second company, Crew Cafe, they actually fuel the show. I'm drinking their coffee right now. It's organic and they produce uh, grounds and they produce pods. So you can bang those in your machine and you can get going. So 20% off with Up Crew. Everything you need to know is in the show notes, lovely people. So scroll on down, click, have a little look, enjoy some of those things. And without further ado, I want to introduce Lewis Matthews to the show. So Lewis Matthews, we used to go to university together. He's a water polo player. He's done a few ultra marathons as well. So yeah, in terms of his endurance side of things, the guy is absolutely mega. And he's going to talk to us about a challenge that he's doing because he's going to row across the Atlantic Ocean. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. I haven't actually spoken to him in a few years So it was really good to catch up and that's why I do this show, connecting with people, hopefully giving you a good conversation and yeah, let's move. Mate, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Good to see you. Yeah, cheers, mate. So what, mate, what time is it over there with you? Uh, Just past six o'clock. So I'm still actually uh, still in the office, but um, I've had a fair bit to do today anyway, so all good. All right, fair. Okay. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we can we can end the day pretty well for you. I'm just getting started, so I'm banging down the coffee before I go off to work as well. So, now, mate, that works pretty well. So, yeah. As I introduce you, we obviously used to study together. We actually probably haven't spoken for what did we just say before we started recording there, like eight years or something. Yeah, it's been eight years. <laughs> yeah, mental. But you're um yeah you're you're cracking this uh, this challenge. So I think. Let's just start things off. Just you know, introduce yourself and just let let everyone know what you've been doing over the last uh, eighteen months, kind of gearing up to this. Yeah, awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm Lewis, based over here in uh, in Sydney now. So I've been in Sydney for uh, um, about seven years. I think it's seven years next month. I've been over here, um, and yeah, so about eighteen months ago, me and three friends decided to. Um, sign up for the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, which is a 5,000 kilometre or 3,000 mile row from La Gomera in the Canary Islands across to the Caribbean, to finish in Antigua in, in the Caribbean. Um, so, so far it's been yeah, about 18 months worth of preparation, so everything from you know, physical prep to um, buying the boats, getting all the kit ready for the boats, fundraising, um, and we actually now set off in December, so we've got about what four months, just over four months, I think, until uh, we'll be taking the first stroke out of uh, Lagomera in, in the Canary Islands. Wow! So how did you bring the team together? Yeah, we, it's quite it's quite a funny one actually. So it's um, 
it's three of my best mates from school. We all you know, played rugby and, uh, and went to school together from about the age of nine or ten. Um, and Charlie, who's uh, our, he's our team captain and one of my oldest friends, we spoke about it probably a good ten years ago when we were back at school. We'd mentioned this race because it was just starting out and it was quite a new thing. And we're like, you know, one day we'll um, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll put a team together. And um, we're actually at a wedding in the south of France about two years ago. And you know, like all good uh, like all good ideas, I think we're about three or four bottles of wine down, yeah. um, discussing you know what we've been up to. And I'd I'd just done um, uh, an Ironman a couple of months before that, an Ironman triathlon. One of the other guys had um, just done a long distance cycle event, um, and so yeah, we got talking and decided we were going to enter a team. We only had three of us at that point, and I was then about oh, three months later, I was doing another Ironman triathlon in Perth in Western Australia with another one of my best friends who lives in Singapore. Um, so we had a pretty horrendous event actually. It was um, like a 37, 38 degree day out doing, a, doing this Ironman. It was absolutely brutal. And um, we were sat the next day having a few, another couple of glasses of wine again, good, good stories. Um, and I convinced him to, to be part of the team. So fair play to him, absolutely battered after an Ironman for 11 hours, 12 hours. And uh, yeah, he agreed to be part of it. So that's how we got the four of us. Yeah. And then in terms of the training side of things, obviously, you know, because we know each other, you've been playing water polo for years. And then the process of, yeah, just getting fitter, you know, working on skills, all that kind of thing. Is it just been a part of your life or do you think that you're you're driven to kind of take these things on and you've always, you know, obviously now you work full time, but there's always been that side of things with a training program or do you like to just stay physically active or, you know, with the things with the Ironman moving from water polo, is it because you had that discipline of the swimming and the fitness or do you really set yourself up and get a goal and, and work towards it? Are you very structured or are you someone that just you know, is, is very active and then and then we'll just pick an event and, and kind of give it a go and centralise into that. Yeah, probably a bit, of, a bit of both sides, really. So I, um, yeah, I played, played water polo for uh, 15 or 16 years and that was kind of what I was doing before and during university and, and how I ended up coming out to, to Australia in, in the first place. But um, I probably, during, during uni and, and a couple of years that... that that followed, I probably was a bit lax with a, with a bit of my training. I put on a bit of weight. Was probably spending a few too many nights down the pub rather than uh, rather than in the gym. Um, and then I stopped playing water polo uh, about four or five years ago. Um, actually, due to I've got quite bad eyesight, so I um, wear really strong prescription glasses, and I was advised to stop playing water polo just due to the contact nature. Mm. Um, and then I had about a year or so where I just didn't really do anything, and I was just like pretty bored. I was going to the gym, but nothing was really eventuating. And um, it all started really when I decided I was going to write a 30 before 30 list. So 30 things I wanted to do before my 30th birthday, which we're now about three months away. I can't believe. Um, and some of that included like complete an Ironman triathlon, complete an ultramarathon. Um, do a swim run. There was a bunch of 
things on there from a, an athletic point of view that I wanted to I wanted to do. Um, and Ironman was something I wanted to do from when I was you know, a really young kid. Uh, luckily, I'm you know, a fairly fairly decent swimmer, so that was kind of quite quite easy to segue into. I just needed to you know sort the bike and the run side out. And um, first thing I did was entered uh, an ultra marathon. So before I ran an, uh, a marathon, I entered an ultra. Um, purely because I needed a lift to get to uh, the place I was going. And there was a marathon option and an ultra option. And my, my mate said the only way you'd take me is if I went to the ultra rather than the marathon. <laughs> so that was the, uh, that was kind of this segue into, into running. Um, and then, yeah, just, just really started enjoying it. Did a few trail runs, um, a couple of triathlons. I'm not really the most sort of structured person in terms of following training plans. I kind of just do what I want but to keep pretty active um, but the road's been a little bit different we've been pretty pretty rigid on the training plan for it yeah. um, over the 12 months so it's been you know, a couple of training sessions a day for about 12 months or so now um, probably longer than actually and but yeah it's, it's really interesting kind of a lot of it's been a big learning process you know going from doing something, I hadn't rode before, so a lot of it was kind of learning the technique and learning the biomechanics of, of actually how to row, which has been a really, really interesting um, journey as well. So did you guys take on a coach or have you all just worked together? Obviously, like you said, in terms of the physical side of things, you've been used to putting putting your head down because even though you had the swimming backgrounds, you know, like running an ultramarathon, you, you know, you're not a string bean. So that must have been one of those things where, you know, it was it was it was tough. So you're obviously used to grafting, but then the technical side of things, and then obviously doing this challenge in terms of just like supporting yourself mentally, um, and then yeah, just keeping well. That must be the interesting thing, because any time I speak to people that are doing challenges and things, the, the 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 capacity in terms of the training, obviously, is still working, life, all that kind of side of things. It's it's important to obviously keep your immune system high, but that doesn't always necessarily happen, does it? I'm actually just coming off the back of probably about seven or eight days of illness now, uh, where I barely, barely trained at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. You're making sure you're, you know, putting the right stuff into your body as often as you can, and staying away from, you know, any um, any crappy foods basically. So just trying to try to eat as well as possible and then take care of yourself because, yeah, part of the biggest thing to you know build a consistent training plan is staying healthy. Yeah. Mm. So when do you do? morning and then evening or do you get in between work or like what does a typical week at the moment look like for you considering the yeah. challenges in December and we're you know we're in the summer yeah absolutely so um typical week for me now it's changed quite a bit so we were doing a lot of work on on the concept too it's a lot of work on the ergos um but now we've kind of transitioned into a bit of a different phase so I've actually kind of I've got a bit of a bad back and have done for a little while, so that obviously doesn't not really conducive to spending 40 days in a rowing boat. So um, the, we kind of highlighted that the weakness in my back was actually flexibility through hips, hamstrings, upper back. So I'm actually doing a lot of yoga and a lot of flexibility work. All right. Uh, I've also partnered with a CrossFit gym here in Sydney, so they're helping me loads with um, you know just basic movement patterns. Am I deadlifting and squatting properly so I'm getting the most out of all my strength training? Mm. But um, typical week at the moment is two water rowing sessions, um, 
two to three CrossFit sessions, probably more three CrossFit sessions, two more um, generic weight sessions, so focused on sort of volume through a lot of the posterior chain movements, two or three yogas, and then sort of stretching most evenings as well. Um, and then if I've got, got time, I might, might chuck a couple of erg sessions on top of it. So it's about two sessions a day, typically is just kind of what, what yeah. I'm getting through. Depending on what my work um, schedule is like, I prefer to work in. I prefer to work out in the mornings if I can. Yeah. To try and get up and then hit the gym, and then either do a lunch or an after work, whatever whatever works best. Yeah, just yeah, shoehorning it in. Now that makes sense. Yeah, the movement side of things it is interesting because, like you said, you put your body through a lot, and you're a, you're a tall guy, you've got long levers, and um, yeah, especially with the sitting, like you're probably doing now at work too. You just have to kind of find that balance, haven't you? And some people like. Yeah, the stretching side of things, some like some of the movement side of things with yoga. So the more people I talk to about this, it's it's becoming like a huge part of everyone's training. It's um yeah, yeah it's it's interesting stuff. But I think it's finding the balance, isn't it? It's finding what you need. And um yeah, in terms of some of the ergo sessions, because people people pick up the rower, they listen to this, you know, in I don't know, gyms or whatever. So some some of those sessions were super pretty dark. What what are you what are you guys putting yourself through on, on one of these rowing machines? Um, let people yeah. know about that. Yeah, so we've done. We started off doing last year. We did we did some really big volumes. Um, so it was chucking in sort of weekly, kind of two, three, four hour sessions um, on on the erg, which is absolutely horrendous. But it's great sort of mental training, just to sort of make sure you can just go into that hole and um, and kind of almost get into that meditative state to just not really thinking about anything. Um, and then last year, uh, last May, we did our first fundraising event and we did a 24-hour erg. So spent 24 hours in a gym in Singapore, um, which was absolutely horrendous. Um, two of the guys did the same thing in London. So we were actually a bit different as a team because we've got two guys based in London, me in Sydney and um, another friend in, in Singapore. Yeah. So yeah, we did 24 hours on that, and then about two months ago in May, I came back to the UK and we did best part of 10 days out on the water, um, and that was a couple of sort of 48-hour and 36-hour rows. Um, but the actual erg sessions have, have tapered off a little bit. I'm not doing as much volume on the erg as I was, uh, purely because for me, it's probably if you look at the difference between the erg compared to you know, the boat we're, we're actually rowing on is about eight, eight nine meters long and fully laden is close to a ton. Um, so it's very different to actually being on the erg. You're probably more beneficial doing lots of deadlifts, um, lots of bent over rows, sort of really putting stress on that posterior chain. It's mm. very different to actually the motion of an erg. Mm. Um, and also, when you're actually out at sea, you know, it's you're not you haven't got hands close together your hands are all over the place because you're in you know decent decent chop the whole time so um although the erg is still important it's a lot more sort of macro compound movements that we're, we're doing now yeah yeah it's a tool oh that's interesting well i have to hey, you'll have to connect me up with the the lads in london and i'll see if i can get a chat with them as well yeah no that'd be great yeah, i'm sure they'd be uh, i'm sure they'd be more than uh, more than keen so what else will you have in the boat with you obviously supplies um, hopefully you won't need it, you know, first aid, all that jazz. So 
yeah. you, you guys are in there and then I don't know it's, it's obviously quite hard to describe what the 40 days are going to look like and you know we, we've got limited time in this show and stuff but like, how, how do you kind of see it all playing out and have you guys thought about what's going to be in there and the space that you'll have and you know how technical does that become have you guys all been measured up in the boat and you know where you're going to kind of be and where you're going to move around and have you had that kind of conversation yet um we have yeah so we're pretty we're pretty well into it in terms of the actual sort of organization and uh, and composition of the boat so basically the, the boats how they look is you kind of imagine almost like a a normal rowing boat but obviously a little bit bigger yeah. And each end, uh, you've got a sleeping cabin. So our general um, time on the boat, you go through two-hour shifts. So two of you will be on rowing for two hours. Two of you will, will be off resting for two hours. And then you just repeat that for however many days it takes you to complete the crossing. Chances are we'll probably do a little bit more than that. So you'd probably do you know, 14, 15 hours worth of rowing a day. Um to try and get across as quickly as possible, and um, you know, the eventual aim would be to try and try and win the race. Um, so you've got two guys sharing a cabin who will never actually sleep together. So it's very important for us to make sure all the stuff we need is in the right place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But um, as part of the rules, if, if we want to be classed as an unassisted crossing, we can't accept anything during the crossing. So all of our foods on board. We've got a water maker to, to pump um, salt water into fresh, any sort of foul weather gear. So we've got all our big, you know, um, cold weather, wet weather gear on board. Yeah. Everything uh, from, you know, um, any food that we might need, ropes, medication, first aid. Um, there's a huge, huge kit list that we've got on, um, which is you know, tucked away into the nooks and crannies of the boats to, to make sure that we get across safely. Decent. Wow. Geez. So, yeah. And then in terms of some of the food substances and things, is it is it, is it a lot of dried, high energy stuff, and are you, or are you kind of pairing with some companies, or is that is that something you've had to put together yourself, or have you taken some learnings from anyone or anyone experienced that have done the race before? Like, how have you set that up? Yeah, the previous rowers are amazing. They give you so much advice on sort of what they found to work and, and what they think is going to be uh, beneficial for your crossing. So our kind of nutrition makeup at the moment consists of four um, dry ration packs, as it were. Um, so it's a really good um, really good company. We're, we're using a thing called Firepot, and you just add all the, all the waters into these dehydrated packs, basically. Um, and then a lot of dry food, we're having no, electrolyte drinks, BCAAs for when we're on the oars. Um, we've got to be careful to not take in too much protein just because you need so much water, obviously, to, to start metabolizing it. But it's a lot of, a lot of carbs um, just because that's what stores easiest. But, um, yeah, just try and limit limit sugar if we can just because uh, you know, don't have too many too many spikes going throughout, uh, throughout those rowing sessions. Decent. And then have you obviously practiced so like eating some of these things and, and training you at the level now where obviously you've done some of these 24, 48 hours, you've banged some of this down and just getting the kind of stomach used to it and just 
yeah getting the head around all those things because that's often it isn't it you can you can you can build yourself physically and mentally but then if you know if the stomach doesn't want to play ball um i've obviously never done anything that's multi-stage but then some of some of the longer runs and things i've done you're feeling in great shape and and you're rested and then you take something in and your stomach's like see you later fella and and it just like you know your your, your day's like dampened so um but i suppose that's part of it isn't it it's about it's about kind of managing yourself all, all the way you could be the best rower but then if you don't quite if you don't quite kind of adapt to the conditions you know you you, you, you know you're gonna fall down aren't you yeah exactly right and there's two i think um you know journeying back to kind of my sort of upbringing in sport is always been sort of fairly physical and, and, and fairly fit but what I've learned loads in the last few years is just how much, you know, nutrition, mobility, and so many other facets can massively affect performance. Um, and it's, I've learned it the hard way. The first, um, first Ironman I did in New Zealand, I lost six kilos on the day, um, just from because I got my nutrition completely wrong. I just wasn't taking in enough, and like if I do that out at sea, it's just going to be, you know, you know, in a world of trouble. So um, it's really trying to make sure. You know, you're, you are forcing yourself to eat and drink when you need to. We've got a really kind of as strict as possible timeline to be taking in the right stuff to be as, um, uh, to make sure you've actually actually got the, the sustenance inside you. Because um, yeah, the worst thing you want to do is start dropping weight too early um, because you, you'll just start wasting away. And, um, but yeah, mate, I think it'd be interesting if we can grab each other later on in the year as well when you're closer to the event and then get a bit of an update because I know that obviously you're going to be busy getting everything together so maybe you know at, at December time that won't be the best but if we have a kind of another conversation down the line and just just see what's changed or um, where the mindset is and, and how everything's going there because it's nice to introduce you to to everyone and then hear a bit about what's going on why you got into it how you're feeling physically now and then, um, yeah, it's always interesting that the whole kind of like taper thing or preparing for the challenge, it'd be quite good to see where you're at in a, in a couple of months time as well. And, and, you know, get you back on and have another, sh- have another chat. Yeah, that would be excellent. Yeah, we're, um, so what we'll be looking at end of, end of November is basically when I'll be heading, uh, back into Europe. And I think we've got to be in La Guerrera for the 2nd of December. Uh, for for a 12th of December race start, so yeah, we'd love to catch up maybe sort of mid to end of November, just before we uh, just before we set sail. Hopefully, I'll be fully prepared by then. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Now that'd be mega, mate. So if people want to follow what you're doing or follow you, how can people how can people get hold of you or how can they watch what you're doing? I'll put everything in the show notes. Yeah, awesome. So um, our team name is All or Nothing, or spelled as a rowing or so A O R. Um, sorry, O A R, um, and then my personal Instagram, Lewis W Matthews, and that's probably the best way to, to follow us at the moment. Um, we're trying to get more and more uh, up with the, the social media, and um, when we're actually out in the Atlantic, we're hoping to, to be able to send a couple of things back so people will actually be able to follow the follow the journey. Yeah, mate, that'd be fab, and I think it's one of those things where. You've done a lot of impressive challenges and it's kind of the unknown now, isn't it? You're doing as, as much as you can. You're trying to keep well physically, mentally. And I think it's just, 
yeah you're an interesting stage and then when when you do it and when you come through it it'll, it'll be great to have you back on then again and, and hopefully you'll you know you have the you have the winner's medal and and then you'll be able to be a resource for the for the for the kind of next group and next crew and I think what you said earlier that's that's what it's all about you know you you, you pick a challenge but then you take learnings from people who have done it and I, I know it's a competition so there are going to be people there that are obviously wanting to win but it sounds like the the kind of community behind what you're doing and, and obviously the cause and everything like that is it's, it's a pretty special thing to be a part of isn't it yeah absolutely and I, I think it's you know it's one of those I've only ever done you know uh, single day stuff really, and, and although they're you know they're pretty taxing, um, I think anyone who sort of enters into into this race has no idea what they what to expect. You can you know you can train as much as you can, but I think when you actually get through it and sort of the, the camaraderie that you know people wanting wanting you to be able to step off that boat in in the Caribbean unscathed, um, yeah, it, it's a fantastic community that kind of gets around everyone who does it. So. Um, that's it's really exciting. It's it's an amazing event. I think um, it's uh, it's one that's already kind of tested us massively, and we haven't even set off yet. So uh, it's definitely going to be um, a hard uh, a hard month through through December and January. Mm. Uh, uh, so yeah, the other thing is you have no idea how long it's going to take because of the weather and stuff out there. You could be anything from you know thirty days to you know fifty or sixty days, but we're just hoping to be at the earlier the earlier end of that. Yeah, definitely. You know, you'll be as prepared as you can. You, you trust everyone on on board, and yeah, you just you know you crack it, mate. So, but look, cheers for your time, and you know I know you probably want to get home and make your dinner or do your next training session. So, um, yeah, I can see like through the we're we're on video here, and I can see through to an empty office. So you're probably wanting to get home. Um, yeah, for me it's all good. And um, now look, look, lovely people. As always, thanks for listening. I'll get Lewis hopefully back on the show later in the year and then obviously in 2020 to hear how he got on but um follow everything as always click the show notes for the discounts in terms of the sports nutrition side of things with 33 fuel and the coffee from crew cafe and have a good week